0: Welcome to the Legion Outriders podcast. Your source for the latest Legion news, opinion, and analysis. And now, the Outriders.
1: How's it going, Outriders? Matt and Dan back here with you today on another fantastic episode of the Legion Outriders. Dan, how you doing? Doing great, sir. Well, fantastic. We've got the second part of the kind of the versus printer showdown we talked about resin printers last week and then
2: this week it's the uh what, what is it the uh we're going to talk about the fdm printers
1: fdm
2: with two very special guests
1: oh and we do have some very special guests yeah. <laughs> uh, keegan and drake will be joining us from uh six up industries supply Wait, six supply. Up supply supply i want to say industries <laughs> i don't know it's, it's maybe it's a satisfactory thing all, day, all day over <laughs> everything's industry there are you
2: still playing Satisfactory? A bit,
1: a little yes. bit. Yeah. You've been spending a lot of time on Star Wars
2: Squadrons, haven't oh, you? Oh yes, so yeah, so rolling right into the Star Wars. Hey, news. Hey, Star Wars news. Hey, guess what released? Squadrons. Yeah, Star squadrons. it did. It and we, sure did. I know. I know. You played a little bit on stream. I've yeah, I streamed a it
1: a little bit. Yeah. It was. Uh, it's it's been fun. Asterix.
2: Really? Yeah. I don't know. It's not. It's not quite hitting the buttons with me that I was hoping it would. Really? Okay. I mean, I know it's you, and you. You described it as such. You said it was a little more MOBA ish.
3: Yeah,
1: it is. It's yeah.
2: actually it definitely reminding me of games like
1: uh, Dota or League of Legends, where you've got you know you've got your creeps, so you've got like unnamed Tie Fighters and X Wings going back and forth, and then CR Nineties and Raiders and things like that, mm-hmm. and then you've got the enemy base you're trying to blow up, and then there's like eighty percent of a like legit flight sim going on too.
2: Yeah, and well, I don't do as many space flight sims as you do. I know you you do a lot of the. Uh... Uh, Star Citizen and yeah, Elite Elite dangerous. dangerous, those kind of yeah. things.
3: But, um
2: But yeah, no, I, I've been having a lot of fun with it. Of course, I probably have to justify the fun I'm doing with it because I put down three hundred dollars for Logitech got a Logitech. Really
1: nice, <laughs> uh, yeah. You, well, I guess it's mid-range. It's I guess. mid-range. Yeah,
2: I, I think it's pretty good. I was actually yeah. really looking. It's the X fifty-six. Yeah, the you know, Logitech X fifty-six, which, X56, it, which yeah. has been a pain in the butt to actually locate one. I didn't tell you yeah. where I actually found it. Where'd you find it? A legit like pilot supply store. It was shut up. Really? <laughs> yeah. was they just selling Microsoft so, light sim. x well, yeah, X56s? They, they, they sell, you know, things like, you know, headsets and microphones and bags and clipboards for actual pilots.
1: Did they have like the big and wavy scarfs from like the yes. biplane days of yore?
2: <laughs> and they had a section on their website of quote unquote training materials. So they sold, uh, you know, Microsoft Flight Simulator, but a lot of control yokes and pedals and everything. And they had it in stock. Wow. Considering how trying to find sticks in stock right never. now is a pain in the butt. <laughs> yeah, I never would have thought to do that. Well, that's fantastic. But it is fun. And uh, it
1: just seems like you're really, because it's a very PvP focused uh, game. The campaign is, uh, I'm actually plugging through that right now. But uh, the, in order to get good enough where I'd feel good about spending time, I don't feel like, I don't know. We'll see how the community is and... Four to five months from now. Yeah. I'm curious if there'll still be games but, going But
2: uh on. any of you out there playing it and have just hopped into the multiplayer, do play the campaign because they yeah. do a lot of the quote unquote like teaching you how to do a lot of things like uh, boosting and drifting mm. are actually sections in the campaign where they go and teach and go down and teach you how actually how to do that properly. This,
1: this is Squadron's not Fast and Furious, right? Yes, exactly. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> All right. But uh that that's going on. What else do we have?
2: Uh well in in interesting merch, and there hasn't been a lot of merch lately, uh, but the well, Funniest they had, thing uh, I found. Some of
1: the the Black Spire Outpost stuff that came out like a month or two ago. But yeah, not not a lot else. Nothing really.
2: lately. The but lately announced uh, Polaroid. You remember Polaroid? Uh,
1: I grew up in the '80s, so yes, yes, yes I do. <laughs> as a matter of fact,
2: uh, is releasing a Mandalorian themed instant film camera. So a Polaroid. Yeah. So they're literally taking remaking the camera from the '80s. You know, the one with the it spits the. Spits the photo out the front. <laughs> yeah. And then people shake it like even a Polaroid the, picture, yes. even though you're not supposed to? Yes, you're not supposed to yeah, shake it, right, right. Yeah, don't, don't yeah. shake it. Not like a so, salt shaker, either. So, yeah, so Polaroid is releasing a Mandalorian-themed. I guess Mando's going to come in every episode. What? What? It, yes, it's, like, silver-colored, just like the Mandalorian He's armor. He's a bounty it's got the, hunter. Is he, like, doing proof-of-life <laughs> photos for <laughs> Ransom?
1: I don't understand what the Mandalorian has and, to
2: do with. And on top of that, the film, which is accompanying it, the branded film, uh, it, the... Photos, the actual frame of it is going to be Mandalorian themed. So there'll be like little baby Yoda and, and the helmet icons and the Mudhorn icons on the, on the frame of the photo. You can't see so. my face right now, but it's
1: <laughs> incredulous. I buy so. stupid stuff. Like that is a defining feature of my life as a Star Wars fan uh. adult. What is
2: the audience for this? <laughs> like, where did their market research hone in? Uh, their market like, research was watching Spaceballs and going, Merchandising! It's like, hey, those are the guys that have $120 too much. Yes, so, yes. Yours, yeah, they, available now. It's not on pre-order. It is available now. $120 for the basic camera. Or they have a kit for, like, 180 I believe. So... <laughs> I guess there must
1: be some sort of resurgence in, like, scrapbooking communities or something. Uh, uh, I mean, us, just having a yeah. very nice camera in my pocket at all times on my phone isn't good enough, apparently. I mean, uh, well, Star Wars fans are, our age
2: are trying to re- you know relive our childhoods.
1: So. Mm. <laughs> they should release—no, they should have a Mandalorian-themed ice cream maker hmm. that we can run through Cloud City with. Yes. That would be fantastic. <laughs>
2: so Uh, any actual news actual news (laughs) so on the uh kind of the corporate front of things uh remember d23 which is disney's kind of i I hate to call it convention it's more of like an investor meeting kind of thing slash expo slash slash, expo uh slash hey this is what we're doing please buy our stock Mm -hmm. um (laughs) well the 2021 d23 which was because there was going to be no Celebration in 2021. Right. We all thought anything would be released would be released at D23 2021. Well, that got postponed to September 9th to 11th of 2022. Huh. And the weird thing with that is the next celebration, which was going to be August 2022, Yeah. Has no, has no announcements on its date changing. So as of right now, no you know, conventions or announcements or expos in 2022 or 2021. In 2022, we're literally going to have Within weeks of each other, uh, Celebration Anaheim, and then, like, literally three weeks later, will be D23. So they're either going to have a lot of announcements, or they're really going to be spread thin across the two. That'll be interesting. Expos, yeah. Uh, I wonder
1: if it's just because hey, we're going to just leave all the rooms configured and go put up some different banners or something like, <laughs> like it's just a logistics. Yeah, we'll just make it easy on ourselves this year. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, I've still got my tickets to Celebration, so that maybe we'll, I'll just hide in a bathroom until D twenty <laughs> three rolls <laughs> around. <laughs> and they're like, but, "Is it time?" <laughs> 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 wow uh okay that, that I, i'm hoping that doesn't signify that they're going to be moving celebration again but... yeah i hope
2: not because you know that we've already lost a year and then yeah. we would have had to wait now to to lost wait two a years. year yeah yeah it's crazy um lvo update oh is, is that still going on? Yeah, 112 days Hey, to okay, <laughs> man. I know. In our next episode, we're going to be sub-100. And like I said okay. in previous episodes, I'm probably going to start panicking. Your blood pressure is just <laughs> steadily Crap. spiking as we um, go on. I did pop up uh, th- um, Tinkercad a bit and tweaked a few more models. I haven't done any real serious work. Oh, but I, I, I'm trying to force myself back into it because I still also have uh, 15 Imperial Special Forces, three squads. Uh, on my paint desk too awaiting their their paint jobs they've been primed but I haven't been been doing much work on the <laughs> on the special forces mm. the generic squads uh but yeah um that, some no. legion news that, i see I got. mean I'm not a whole lot going out yeah. I'm honest with you the only new article we've gotten since last episode was a build guide for the atRT so what? You... Uh, so the
1: guy goes on top, and the, yes. oh, okay, the cool. legs go All on right.
2: the bottom. I was couldn't be confused. The 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 knee bone's connected to the shin bone, and
3: the <laughs> oh, you got to sing the little song. Is it, is, exactly. is it just the lyrics of the song? basically yes. yeah, okay. So yeah, so for anyone confused on how <laughs> to build. <laughs>
2: Anyone confused on how to build their ATRTs. Um, and you know, when they when you open up and you find the paper and they're saying, For the build guide, go to this web address. Well the build guide is actually there now. Hey, oh wow. <laughs> it actually t- it had
1: the inserts, but it wasn't ready yet. Yes. That's and funny. It actually <laughs> says the same
2: thing on the staps and there's no stap build guide yet. So. Whoopsie doodle.
3: <laughs>
1: and for the next thing, I, I think it went out as a cry of a million voices
2: that were suddenly silenced.
1: Or at least one voice. Yes, from the past. so uh,
2: this is going into rumor territory. Rumors! So <laughs> everyone, everyone take your uh, sodium intake mm-hmm. right now. Um, so greens. a uh, distributor website from Europe uh, posted two potential releases. Now, this isn't a, a website that's leaked anything in the past, at least not in my research. They're just uh, trying to get famous. Yeah, sure. <laughs> 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 but apparently uh, there's a leak that our next two releases, which, of course, back in, what was it, Gen Gen Con? god what was that last yeah that last um, million virtual million years ago yeah, yeah uh where alex davy said the next you know releases after the specialist packs would be empire empire rebel, rebel yep. and there'll be four of them and mm. supposedly one of them was never requested uh supposedly two of those items which is the commanders for those have been leaked um and supposedly lando Yay! And I'm hoping they do Donald Glover Lando, but we'll get more into that. <laughs> um, and I want two different heads, yes, <laughs> with many different cape options. Oh yes, <laughs> <laughs> there better be a whole sprue of yeah. capes oh, for just Lando capes. on there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the 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 cry of. Uh, Cry from the cosmos here. Yeah. Supposedly, Agent Callis mm. is coming. So yeah, no. When that f- first thing that came out, I screenshotted. It, I sent it over to Josh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Josh. Yes, Josh. We miss you. Um, I don't know if he listens. Anymore, I'm pretty like, sure he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, uh, he he, uh, he he responded with um, multiple expletives of yet yet bleep yes. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, maybe that'll get him to come back and play. Yeah. Unlikely, but maybe. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, but on Cali's side of things, I'm curious how they're going to mold because that his helmet is kind of the Roman style, but it's very open, so you can still see his entire face uh, in it. And of course, there got it has to be an unhelmeted with mutton chops. Is it going to come with a
1: flip like Rebel Empire side? You think? I,
2: no, this that, is. Going to be I get enough real. crap about that from I, from with Iden. From, ah, from yeah, fair <laughs> enough. That's true. Hey, got hey enough yeah, that's right. <laughs> you, you've got all the traitors over there. Maybe, maybe because traders. you're the bad guys. <laughs> Are we the baddies? Are you the baddies, Hans? <laughs> but so, uh, yeah. well,
1: we'll see. I guess if we get any confirmation that here, we'll we'll definitely talk about that. Uh, maybe we can have Josh jump by and talk about you know mutton chops, uh, how they're his favorite facial feature for Agent Callous and all that. But cool. Uh, that's that's about it. We're gonna jump right into the second segment because it is an extra jumbo sized one. We want to keep the uh, keep that try try keep that one hour tagline going but uh, we'll be right back with drake and keegan from six up supply
0: you are receiving the legion outriders podcast ending the transmission now would be most unfortunate and now the outriders
1: Welcome back, Outriders, and we are continuing our coverage of different types of printing. We, we did a lot of resin with uh, Zach talking about uh, his experiences and some of the things we did. This week, we've got some special guest stars that we're bringing out. Is it another special episode, Dan? It's always a special episode. It's always a special episode, that's right. But we've got uh, Keegan and Drake, BFFs. They've been <laughs> elevated to BFFs of the show, if they weren't already, from uh, Six Up Industries? Industries? manufacturing what What's supply
3: the...
1: supply <laughs> there we go six up supply that are going to be talking about some of their experiences because they've actually got a company that does this kind of stuff how's it going gentlemen
4: great thank you guys for having us uh, it's yeah, always always so fun to talk to you guys uh, this this is a new elevation I, I used to count how many times i could get name dropped on the various legion podcasts and you guys are the first to break me onto the air so
1: well, you broke my spirits early on, so basically you owe me. Uh, you owned me with your defeat of me at LVO with That's the T forty seven. Ouch! Let's
2: not forget.
1: Yes,
4: yeah, like, so it was it was the defeat that solidified a friendship. So.
2: Yes, he beat you with a T forty seven. Oh, oh yeah, I didn't hear this story. Oh, you haven't? No, oh, I haven't anyway. okay. well, Either hear about, uh, about uh, it or, later.
5: or Keegan actually wears a T shirt that commemorates that uh, particular <laughs> particular defeat. So I've heard about it, and I wasn't I wasn't even there.
1: It's, it's just like a me emoji with a cry face yeah. on. So, yeah, precisely. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
4: To to be fair, and I don't know if this makes it better or worse for Matt, but uh, it was my only win of that event.
3: Ouch. Yeah, that's, no, that's worse. That's way, way worse. I'm
4: pretty
1: sure that's worse. Yeah, that's uh, – gosh. Okay, well, Dan, take
2: it away. Uh, so, Wow, how do I go from there? Um,
3: printing, so, printing. Yeah, anywhere Printing, printing. Yeah, oh, yeah, right, right. right.
2: Right, FDM printing. Mm-hmm. So what is yep. FDM? Uh I actually had to google this because I'm sure Well, let's
1: let's let's put let's these put... guys on the spot. What's what's FDM? What's I FDM?
5: I honestly I honestly can't remember. It's something <laughs> depositional <laughs> or something rather. Or I don't know. What yes. what is it? What is FDM? I just uh, call yes, it not g- resin printing.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure most people that print probably actually don't know what the acronym means. <laughs> Frankfurt dance music. Well, you said Ooh, fu- yes. you said <laughs> funky dance moves last well, episode. Oh, oh, that's okay, Uh but that's no, it is fused deposition modeling. Objection. Objection. Yes. Yes.
3: So,
2: I know, a very boring name for it, but wow. we'll just call it plastic printing.
3: Oh, okay. uh, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah.
5: Exactly. <laughs> the smoke. The smoke machine in the garage. Um, yeah. yeah. No. I. I. I often. I, I. think the like industry call is starting to try and call it additive manufacturing to make it seem less hobbyish. Um. You or know. Cam radio. Yeah. Ex- yeah. Wait. Right. Exactly. <laughs> don't. Yeah. Don't. Don't. Don't judge me on that. Um, oh, <laughs> really? really? Oh. Yeah, my, that's okay. a different podcast, man. The, um, the yeah no I uh, I I call it the one that squirts the plastic. That's how my daughter knows it.
1: So. Mm, I wouldn't Google that, but anyways. <laughs> so I'm assuming before you guys got into business that this started out as a hobby. Uh, Keegan, did you come in doing some of the stuff, or are you just like, oh no, I want to put the business side together, and Drake's the expertise man. How, how did that relationship? form
4: yeah great question well the relationship form because uh drake and his family moved in across the street from us um oh but, okay uh, so a marriage and, of convenience it was very very much <laughs> that but uh yeah i um um, I got into Legion. Legion's the first tabletop war game uh, I've ever played, and I resisted those kind of games because I figured the hobby stuff was just a, a, a nerd vista too far for me. But <laughs> um, <so laughs> that Star Wars license will do it for me. So uh, mm-hmm. I got in. I, I t- found out that uh, as opposed to hating it, I actually really loved uh, the painting part almost the most, uh, and then very quickly turned towards uh, figuring out how to make my own terrain and enjoying that piece. Um, at some point, I got tired of buying uh, all printed terrain at, at obvious market prices, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, and, and I bought a very very cheap, very off-brand 3D printer uh, <laughs> on Amazon. Uh, I think I, I had a total of one marginally successful print off of it, uh, and I realized that this is just not my jam to, uh, to get down into the details. But, uh, but it, it was har- the
1: printer's jam. It yeah. was absolutely uh,
4: yes. It yeah. was absolutely oh. oh. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I'm a, much. I'm a
5: dad, and that left a taste in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm. <laughs> uh,
4: but yeah, uh, through talk, talking to Drake as we got to know each other, he he was definitely into into this kind of stuff. And I was like, you know what? If you want to start looking at 3D printers, uh, you can just have the one in my garage because it's literally collecting dust. Oh wow! Uh, and so uh, he he took a look at that, uh, tinkered with it for. Well, he, he pretended it was a week. I, he probably made up his mind after thirty minutes. Uh, and I, offered- I had
5: it. I had it apart and was like, uh, uh, "This is well." Actually, the thing the thing that got me was, uh, and I don't even remember. I think it was an X Y Z something or other, but it sort of it, it had all the flavors of, you know, like a piece of technology where it's clear that no one is supporting it anymore, uh, and even <laughs> beyond that, there's no commu- There's no community around it, and so like, you know drivers that hadn't been updated in a long time There's all kinds of all kinds of badness um, and also i was a i was a novice at that point so something that had literally no support structure around it was utterly terrifying that and it, it was not in a good state when it when it came to came to me so i was like okay this i don't i i think this one's doa man
3: <laughs> but oh, interesting. but
5: uh you know we um we convinced each other that it was totally not a waste of money to go and have these, uh, on something else and uh and our our shop's first uh our shop's first fdm printer uh was born so um that's uh that's uh, yeah i i from from my end i um i mean you know star wars fan obviously um but uh i have a i have always had a penchant for uh you know kind of constantly working and tinkering on something or other and for years and years i've wanted to learn 3d modeling um you know, and just to sort oh, okay. of ha- have it, um, and and be able to do stuff with it, and I had sort of very very modest goals for what I wanted to be able to do, um, but being able to sort of design and then uh, have something come out and like mess with it was um, was a cool opportunity, and I I kind of been talking myself out of getting a printer for for a while, um, and so I use this as sort of that and and. Um, you know, global pandemic gives you a little extra time indoors. Who knew? Gets you we, some I, hobby we, time, huh? Well, we're in California, so we don't have those wonderful midwestern winters where where all the great hobbying happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, pandemic will do it, and yeah, it's um, it's been fantastic. It's uh, we we got that. We got uh, a couple of resin machines. Um, you know, and our our little farm has grown, and uh, yeah, we're now we're we're man, we're we're finishing up a a couple of a uh, couple of big orders that that uh, have really stretched us but uh I, it feels like we're it feels a little like we're real which is kind of crazy
1: oh that's good. so business is good you guys are because uh, i was a little concerned like this isn't always the like you mentioned we're in uh, the middle of a fresh pandemic uh and if you don't have fresh store-bought is fine but yeah. <laughs> starting a business, maybe not the best time, but, uh, because I mean, I, I know my amount of games has dropped way down, but people are prepping their tables still getting terrain made, all that
5: kind of stuff. I mean, we don't know any different. Um, you know, I think, <laughs> you know, um, I'm, it would be great if, if there was even more business when we came on the outside of it, but I think, you know, Keegan oh, sure. and I, we, we both approached this. Um, you know, I, I don't think I am speaking out of school and saying that, um, you know, we both have day jobs, obviously we're not, uh, we're, we're not eating off of, off of what we can produce out of our, uh, our print farm. Um, so the Did ability
1: you print top ramen.
5: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I was recently looking at a Bandai issued plastic cup of noodle model, uh, for, for totally, for totally unrelated reasons. <laughs> um...
1: I heard something about that. <laughs> <laughs> no,
5: the, um, no. So we're, you know, we, we have been able to sort of, um, get ourselves over the hump in terms of learning which is um slow and maddening and and can be expensive depending upon the choices you make uh-huh. um i think we we've, we've made half of them bad and half of them good um and uh no so so it's good and, and business is, seems to be accelerating for us but you know we did start from zero so it's the old fastest growing company uh, line right <laughs> no, right <laughs>
1: Well, that's awesome. Uh, how is it? So getting back to the main thing, we talked uh, before we started recording here, and you guys are mentioned that you're doing a lot of like hybrid work with resin and FDM. But what is it that FDM brings to the table? Like when it's like, okay, we're going to do this in plastic rather than resin. What what are those opportunities? What are the strengths and weaknesses?
5: Um, well, it's the strengths and weaknesses, really. Um uh, sorry, a little plastics joke there for you. Ah, um, uh, 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 okay. I was like, hmm. yeah, uh, sorry. Um, yeah, that, no, the, that was either
4: it, condescending or incredibly witty. Yeah, no, yeah. It, <laughs> I
5: assure you, it was neither. Um, the uh, yeah, so I mean, it really one of the things that I didn't expect to learn in in playing with FDM printers and 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 having the resin machines as well for comparison was. How much of successful printing, especially going from either models you're downloading or models you're starting to do yourself, um, through a final print that has to have some mechanical properties to it, um, how much of that is really about uh, learning the materials and learning like manufacturing realities? One of the one of the things that's you know sort of a tyranny of these FDM printers is that you can you can edit everything even if you're just in kind of the prosumer modes for most of the software that you use to do this stuff um you know types of infill and types of shell thicknesses and all these other things that you can and eventually should uh, mess with seem pretty daunting and if you and if you do the wrong one uh, a good a good model could turn out not that great and if you do the really wrong one a good model can turn out like a pile of spaghetti and often does um, mm. And so I think, I think that's, um, you know, I'd say learning about how the different materials work is a big part of it, but simply put, you know, stuff that's really quite large, um, you know, we, we put it in an FDM printer, you know, big pieces of terrain, things where um, really uh, exceptionally fine details matter a little bit less either because they'll be covered by, um, you know, by paint or because the scale of the piece is just such that it, it'll be, you know, sort of fully appreciated, even though you may see a little bit of layering. We tend to print okay. at, we tend to print it at finer than, um, I, I mean, we're trying to sort of in, in trying to carve out what um, our stuff looks like and, and what like six up uh, prints end up turning out. Like we try and use be- good materials. We try and print at finer in finer detail and finer layer height than, you know, your average shop. But even then, with an FDM printer, it, it's still not going to have the smoothness that you're used to with like an injection molded piece of plastic. Um, that's just not how I it see. works. So you, yeah, can, it, you can treat them and, and smooth them out, but um, they're, yeah, they're going to come off the machine say, with that layers. That reminds me
1: of in uh, the, the first episode we did on printing mm-hmm. was uh, Josh was talking about, you know, using like filler spray and sanding down mm-hmm. and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Is that still the order of the day?
5: Yeah. For the most part, I mean, you, I would say, um, the stuff that we print. we just, we just finished a big, um, a crane, that I think was, I think it was Imperial terrain. Um, yep. and, a uh, beautiful, beautiful model. Um, but yeah, even in, even in fine detail, you're, you're going to see layering on an FDM printer. You're going to see some, um, you know, there are people who sort of turn the dial up all the way to 11, use the tiniest, tiniest, uh, um, you know, nozzles and print at very, very, very short layer heights. Um, and as long as your machine is sufficiently calibrated and sufficiently tight and isolated from vibrations, when you're printing it at, at those fine details, you can get That's very great looking. Oh yeah. well <laughs> it's, not the, it's not the earthquake so much as the fires and, and temperature no. is a factor too. So um yeah, no. I, I would say in in practicality, yeah. You're you're if you're if you're printing in any practical way, you're going to see some layers on FDM.
4: Well, one thing, just kind of following on that, Drake <laughs> has done uh, a ton of t- tuning into it, so that while we we may not be at the turned it up to eleven with the tiniest nozzles, uh, when we get pieces that are um, fully commissioned terrain pieces, as a uh, where where I'm doing post production hobbying on them, I've been. Uh, I've been able to get pretty much the smooth effect that I want simply through just some extra priming instead of needing to go all the way to the filler primer and sanding methodology. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, You you can still see some, some little bits of it, but it's, uh, it's, it's much better than most uh, prints I'd get off of Etsy or something like that. And then have to go through the rigor morale of, of uh, sanding and priming uh, with that stuff.
5: Oh, that's, that's, that's a big compliment. Yeah. It's not, it's not layers. It's greebling gentlemen. Um, exactly yeah no the uh i would say the other thing that i would like the other big thing like re, uh, resin versus fdm is um in general i think if you do a resin print the right way um with like a, the right amount of infill um and uh the right mechanical properties in general a resin print is going to be very glass-like and if you drop it it will shatter um, mm-hmm. there there are tough resins and things like that um, that are fantastic, although I tend to feel like those end up—they just feel like a regular resin print that isn't dry all the way, that hasn't sort of firmed up. Um, I, I feel some of those also tend to take on fingerprints in kind of a strange way that you don't expect. Um, oh wow! Uh, they can, uh, mm-hmm. and again, it depends on how you finish them. So I feel like if a if a versus a a, a well done FDM print, if you drop it, it may crack, or like a piece may come off of it. Um, but we try and use materials that actually, we try and use materials and styles of infill and, and sort of, uh, a number of print perimeters such that, um, most of our stuff, if you dropped it, it would bounce and it would, it would survive. And that's kind of a, a personal thing just cause I'm clumsy, but, um, you know, I, well, I hate, I well, I'd hate, I'd hate to have somebody who came to us and, and we, we worked on something great with them. They get it all finished. They get it all hobby. They drop it. And like, you know, 27 pieces all in shards, you know? Um, so yeah, it's it
1: all depends. Um, so you try to toddler proof it as much as you can.
5: Yeah, I, mean, I prefer to think of it as as adult male proof it. Um, and oh, that, okay,
2: you know, yeah, that that'll work that, too. Well, there's there's sort not of many degrees male. of separation between those. There, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no.
4: But, but we do have plenty of toddlers between us, so it, we true. Can use that as a baseline for uh, That's the adults. That's true.
5: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we 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 there's a there's a fair amount of kids on this on this street and a bunch of them are ours, so
3: yeah. <laughs>
1: Okay. uh, But, uh, Drake, you do most of the uh, modeling you were saying. You got into 3D modeling, and it sounds like you want to be using these printers for larger print jobs. Uh, Terrain is obviously an excellent use uh, as opposed to, like, fine detail Mm -hmm. figures. How big is, like, the average piece? I know you're constrained to the limits of what the printer can actually do. Or I guess you can actually piece it out in different parts based on how you set it up?
5: hundred percent i mean you see people out there doing you know full human size iron man you know suits and things like that all off an fdm printer you know um and it's the johnny cash song gentlemen one piece at a time um (laughs) you know you can absolutely do that i would so uh i am a i'm a i consider myself a novice modeler um as long as things are i'm just now getting into sort of um uh using, doing more organic shapes, things that require, um, uh, skills that are more akin to sculpting as opposed to engineering modeling, which is where my comfort zone is. Um, Mm. but you can do a lot with, you know, the skills you have, it's just, you know, you're doing a picture and you, you know, brushes or, you know, a knife, you're going to, you can still make a picture with it. So, um, yeah, I, I, I do most of that stuff. And then I would definitely sort of call myself our manufacturing engineer. Um, that's just the part of this that, that, you know, (laughs) Gets well, me it's your excited. company.
1: You can come up with whatever, whatever, whatever. title you want.
5: <laughs> yeah, I, you know, uh, functionally speaking, I mean, Ke- Keegan's are Keegan's the um, uh, CEO and head of and, and global head of marketing, and um, <laughs> I, I handle the, I handle the world uh, famous. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yes. And I I handle uh, the behind the scenes magic. So all
2: right, so Keegan, um, you're there for the looks. Got it? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I know we've gotten a little into some technicals, but let, let's take a step back, guys. New person wants to get into three D printing.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Where do you start? Where, what do you look for? Um, I mean, what are the bigger? How brands? quickly is the industry changing yeah. too? Oh, geez, like, yeah. uh, generations you know, of printers.
5: I'm, I'm, you know, I'm. I wouldn't consider myself an expert on sort of printer generations, but I, I would say it seems, it seems to me that um, if you if you get a machine that is well supported, um, that has a good community of people using it. And that's kind of from one of, let's call it two or three brands, uh, that have carved out their space. Then if you get this year's machine, you're not going to be sorry next year. Um, it doesn't feel like they're advancing with quite that speed. Uh, the software is getting better faster, but that's all stuff that you can update. Um,
3: mm-hmm.
5: you know, I, I think the, you know, the, sort of the, the entry level cruelty machines or, um, you know, we have proofs, we have proofs in our shop, um, are, are good to great. And they'll certainly take you all of, it's kind of like getting your first DSL DSLR camera, like a real good photographer can win a Pulitzer prize with, with that starter camera. Um, Or, you know, or you can move up to the the real pro model later. Um, Mm -hmm. And I, and I think that that's kind of where like, say the Prusa machine in our shop is Um, we're trying to make it sing. We're trying to do really amazing things with it. No, uh, it doesn't have multiple extruders or, You know, we're not doing, um, although we do, we do multi-material printing in our shop uh, through use of another piece of equipment, but um, you know, it doesn't, you know, we're not going to be printing like, you know, metal that's then going to be centered into something else, but um, you can do a lot with it. Um, And I think this year's, this year's printers, you know, I would say just go for it. The other thing like any good hobby is I would figure out what you think it's going to cost to start out and then save twice that much money. That way you're not like hating yourself Every time <laughs> you have to buy another another spool of, of filament because you screwed something up, uh, you know, six hundred times, which is what it will take. Drake, yeah. Tra- 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 we I- uh, we
4: we went back and forth a little bit on Prusa versus a Creality Ender. Can you talk to a little bit of the main key points that led us to land on a Prusa?
5: Yeah, I, I mean, a couple of things. I um I have a um, a cousin. Is who... Prusa the
1: brand, just,
4: just yeah
5: yeah. Sorry, so okay. Prusa is the brand. They're made uh, they're made in the Czech Republic. Um, the the um run by a guy named joe prusa who puts his face on literally everything you receive from them <laughs> um it um i mean the, that guy is is a good marketer i gotta tell you um but he so they're they're kind of all in with uh open source uh, open source equipment um uh, creelty i think is to some degree as well they're very similar machines um they wouldn't like me saying that but frankly they are you know they they Mm -hmm. both have they both have figured out good ways to make the machines nice and stiff which is what you want um they both have you know i would say similar levels of accuracy they both have um you know for for the the average person who's going to be printing things they have similar capability um there there is a trend in the in the industry right now to be obsessed with something that's called a core xy machine which basically just means that like it should be more stable for and easier to use in some ways, but I will say not in ways that you're going to be impacted by in your first three years of owning a machine anyway. So it's really just a bunch of nerds, like trying to one up each other. Um,
3: <laughs> what? But, what? yeah, exactly.
5: No, exactly no, yeah. yeah Come th- on. That doesn't sound right at all. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I would say, so, uh, Prusa is, is, um, uh, I, I ended up sort of saying, Hey, let's do one of these couple of reasons. One, I looked into it. They seem to have a really active user community. You know, when I, when I looked into like forums and, and whatever, like their guides were very well written. They had built you know pages on their site for, Hey, here's a guide for doing this. There was, there was a guide for almost everything. It was clear. There was a lot of things you needed to know, but you know, it was kind of like they had they had done a real job of thinking about how to onboard people to this hobby. In fact, I would say in some ways, that was the real feature, um, the build experience. Because we bought our printer uh, disassembled. Excuse me, um, the build experience was probably one of the best build experiences I've had in you know I'd say even in the last ten years. Um, it was it was difficult, if, uh, but it was incredibly clear. Everything was there. Everything was well labeled. They even send you a bag of gummy bears so that your blood sugar doesn't get low. And in the instructions, they tell, they tell wow. you how many bears that's, to eat. Check gummy at, bears? At the, yeah, see. exactly. They, well, they ship, okay. them, they ship them with the thing and say, okay, you get three bears because this was, you know, that's how hard this last step was. And this is how long we think it should have taken you. And
3: that's so they wow, try
2: Really? Okay. I yeah, didn't get that so, on my Creality you know, machines. But yeah, yeah talk exactly. talk about my Creality machines in a moment. There's,
5: <laughs> like, a, like I said, there's a, there's a certain amount of branding that goes into this too, right? But um
1: yeah, so no, build it, difficulty it, it, on a level from IKEA to Lego.
5: Um, I I don't really understand the, 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 the spread there but, <laughs>
3: Me um, <laughs> either. I'm just trying to I'm grasping at straws here guys. Come on, no, help me relate it. it,
5: it a, yeah, it is a um, it oh, is a, a, maybe
2: like building a PC.
5: I am an yeah. Oh, I would say yeah. yeah. It's an 8 and 8 if you're somebody who's never if you've built a PC for instance, if you're that if you're that guy, um, you can do this. Oh, okay. there, there will be a little bit more sort of mechanical thought involved than there is in putting your PC together, but the electronic work will be easier, right? It's, 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 you know, blue wire onto these two pins and, you know, just kind of, cause you essentially are, you're assembling a little computer plus a robot essentially, um, that doesn't move, uh, or hopefully, it <laughs> well, it <laughs> not, doesn't move not on of off a... the bench. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, it's so yeah, not a full so, droid. Okay. Yeah, no, no, exactly. So, so, yeah, so it's, um, I, and ultimately the the thing that, the thing that broke it for us was I have a cousin who's, who's like an actual pro maker. He runs a, he runs all the maker spaces for, um, uh, for a a very big, uh, uh, government contractor. And he said, yeah, you know, we've got a little bit of everything here, but we've got, you know, 27 Prusas and, uh, you know, they're just great. So that's what did it for us. And and we haven't been sorry.
2: Yeah. Cool. So like I mentioned earlier, I picked up uh, my first machine was a Creality. My second one was also a Creality too, but mm-hmm. I'm in about my second year of doing personal printing. Um, and yeah, the, I have to agree the Creality setup is very similar. Creality is a Chinese company mm-hmm. and they do have a lot of communities online and a lot of YouTube videos too. You can just put the model number of your printer in and, and say how to how to do X, Y, and Z and you'll usually find yeah. a YouTube video about that. Oh, really? Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's pretty 100%. well supported out there. Um, yeah, they're, I mean, they're
5: very similar, I think, in terms of that. And if, and if I were to buy a first printer, honestly, if we were, you know, second, third, fourth, fifth, probably those, um, until you step up, up into printers that are costing, you know, let's say five, five thousand plus dollars, um, you can do a lot with those machines. And oftentimes the most efficient thing to do is you're expanding past your capacity is just get a second machine, um, even a smaller one, because you you because of how FDM printing works, you get a lot more um printer space and speed if you're printing two things at once versus you have one bed that can handle one job at a time
2: exactly so um yeah but yeah
5: so i i think the um the other thing i really i does your does your creality machine do uh auto bed leveling does it have the the you know sort of magnetic All proximity right. sensor and and so set itself for, up
2: every time for uh clarity my first machine i bought was an ender 3 pro which in my research, most people recommended the Ender 3 as your yep. entry-level first printer to buy if you're doing this on the hobby level. How long ago was that? Uh, this was, God, a year and a half ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, in the ancient times. <laughs> yeah, okay. In the times in the before good, the times. COVID. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, the Ender 3 does not have auto bed leveling. It has, okay. underneath the bed, there are four wheels, basically, that you spin on the four corners yeah, yeah. to balance it. Um, And you have to do the old the old fashioned trick of uh, putting a piece of paper down, lowering the nozzle to the paper and then sliding it to see how much friction is between the nozzle and the bed. No kidding. Yeah, it's it's what what, sounds sketchy as hell. No, once you get it, once you get the concept and the idea, I mean, yeah, (laughs) yeah. I mean, there are aftermarket things you can buy. I mean, the, the Ender 3, if you're a hobbyist, uh, I have to vouch for the Ender 3. It's a great uh, starter machine because there's so many modifications, add-ons, mm-hmm. tweaks, and and mm-hmm. things. You even just print on the printer itself to add and, and build the machine out. That's, that's what you've been so, using
1: yeah. to make all the uh, foo for the Star Tours table, right? Yes. All the little statuettes
2: yeah. and so luggage and carts cool.
1: and whatnot. Nice. Yeah. So,
2: yeah, so I mean, for for terrain purposes, it's great. For even for scatter terrain, smaller barrels and boxes and whatnot, that's great. Um, my second machine I got, and uh, which I famously uh, talked about previously, they got yeeted across my porch oh, by, right, by, right, right, by yeah. FedEx. <laughs> uh, ring doorbells, FedEx. Come on, you're always being watched. <laughs> well, it was the Corality CR6, uh, which they had a Kickstarter for, so I jumped on that while it was a good price. Um, this one does have auto bed leveling, where the it's actually a pressure uh, lever in the nozzle. So it literally goes and taps the nozzle into 16 places on the bed and uses Hmm. that the amount of, uh, by the time it reaches the bed at a certain amount of pressure, it says, okay, I'm here and it will zero itself off of that.
5: Yep. Yeah, no, I think that's, uh, the the Prusa uses a non-contact version. Um, I think the other thing I, I would say if there's a, if there's a comparative or if there's a feature I like about, uh, the Prusa, it's, um, the non-contact bed leveling, although I will say you certainly could do just as good of a job if you really spent the time, you know, with the thumb wheel version. Um, I will say on top of that, even with the auto bed leveling, uh, if you're really trying to get ultra crispy prints, um, I spend time printing uh, sort of these very thin test models that then I measure with a caliper to, to, to check if um, our layer height is correct back to front, side to side in, in essentially in nine positions. Um, and then even though, even with the, with the auto bed leveling, um, you know, over time, things get off a little bit, you know, the, the facility is warmer, the facility is cooler. Um, and so I would say every couple of weeks, I'm, I'll, I'll print another quick, um, you know, test level and then, um, you know, just sort of adjust it. You adjust it in software. So it, you know, it says, you know, back, front, left, right. Um, And so you sort of relatively do it and um, get things real flat. The other thing that uh, I really like totally changed my 3d printing experience uh, was um, printing with a a spring steel bed that has like a kind of a wrinkle coated um, powder coat on it. Uh, Prusa -hmm. Prusa lets you choose that as a default now and prints release instantly. Um, There is no, Mm prying there is no twisting there is no glue there's no you know i mean and and i'm talking about for basic materials like like you know um pet or uh or pla or anything um but uh any anything up, up past pet g you just sort of print it you pull the sheet off you you sort of twist the sheet a little bit and the print flies off and the sheet is clean and ready to print again. I mean, if you want, you can hit it with a little bit of rubbing alcohol, but um, it's it's unbelievably quick and clean. Um, and th- that is that that was a real game changer for me. And for terrain stuff, it's totally fine to have that texture on you know on the on the bottom. Essentially, it's it's a very fine texture, but it's um it is visible.
2: Yeah, but it'll be on the bottom, so it's not.
5: Yeah,
1: visible not when all. it's on
2: the table. But for all, for all the uh, non-3D printing familiar people out there... It's like uh, putting
1: Pam on a cooking sheet. <laughs>
2: Actually, <laughs> with 3D printing, you want the obvious. You want it to stick to your bed. Damn, <laughs> you all right, to, right. You don't want invert that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right, so the bed, of course, is the... You want to come a, off. Oh, well, we you know, want to come off so... at, a certain, at a certain point. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. the when bed, the of course, is the flat plate at the bottom of the printer where the printer yeah. is, builds the model off of. And there's a couple different styles of beds out there. Mm-hmm. Um, the most common ones that I've seen with starter printers or, or entry-level printers, of course, are those uh, kind of build-tack um, magnetic sheets. So it's basically like a giant refrigerator magnet that's got a textured surface. Mm-hmm. And once your print is done, you're able to lift them because it's the, the plate below it is just magnetic, so it sticks to it. Lift it off, kind of peel the magnetic off the bottom of the bottle. I have recently, I mentioned earlier, I have upgraded my uh, two printers to uh, glass plates, which are have been a world of difference in getting that bed level. Yep. Yep. (laughs) I mean, well,
3: I
5: mean, glass is incredibly flat and
2: you know, that's, (laughs) um, you know, you kind of
5: don't think about how flat or unflat, like other things that seem flat to your eye are, but um, (laughs) there, there is a real difference. Um, Oh yeah. You know, I was watching YouTube videos recently of this, uh, this Japanese woodworker. Um, don't judge me for this story. This Japanese woodworker <laughs> who's doing amazing work. And I go, how is he possibly doing this? And then I, it cuts to a, a shot later and he's literally sanding everything with sandpaper that's attached to a giant sheet of glass in his workshop. And I'm like, oh, okay. You have to be oh, that guy. They, Otherwise, you can't nice. make things that look this nice unless you're doing that great. Yeah. <laughs> Got a cheat for it. But yeah. Uh, yeah. So.
1: You guys were talking about uh, a lot about the communities and things like that. And definitely you, mm-hmm. uh, I think Legion itself has benefited from just when it came into the market with this kind of surge in technology and hobbyists and things like that. Key, you were talking a little bit like you've got working relationships with some of the other shops that do either 3D modeling or terrain or things like that. How have you found working and kind of moving around those communities?
4: Yeah, it's. Uh, I I think you hit the nail on the head. Legion had a great timing to come out because there's this. There was this surge. We uh, some some of the big names, of course, with Imperial Terrain uh, for the terrain. You got Skull for, Skull Forge for a lot of the custom models, uh, and a, uh, a number of the others. Uh, that that have done some great work in both modeling and and printing stuff. Um, we've I, I met uh, uh, Dave from Imperial Terrain at that first LVO. Had great conversations with him, and as we were starting to get into this, I reached out to him. I was like, hey, I, I, I want to we're looking at doing commission terrain where we print it and do full hobbies on it. Uh, I and I wanted to make sure, I wanted to see what he was comfortable with around. Um, Uh, the right way to do that, use his terrain and then build something on it to build a story and, and and the real detailed looks into it. And uh, it was a great conversation. We worked out, uh, we worked out the right kind of arrangements and we've been continuing to work and partner with him in a few different ways. Uh, So using um, that, that, that gives a good kind of library of things Uh, also with, with the large community of modelers and creators uh, for various things. Uh, If someone has bought a STL and is just looking to get it printed, uh, we, we can function as a high-quality print shop and just get something out. Uh, that, that works for ah. either if you want to yeah. hobby it yourself or if, nice. or if you want us to take a pass at it.
2: So, uh, so as we get closer to LVO hopefully that it's coming up this 2021 and I'm panicking because I'm running out of time to print my new table. <laughs> oh, you can outsource, <laughs> yeah, it. I can outsource that to you guys. I'm going to, I'm going to make a note here so I can keep that in my back pocket. for. Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah no, I mean, that,
5: that accounts Sorry. for a, a good amount of our commission work. And, you know, obviously okay. we're, we're like, you have to keep it in the spirit of community in the sense that like somebody, you know, we, we want to make sure somebody's done right by the designer That, you know, they, that everyone has the rights to do what they're doing with the thing that nobody has any problem with it. I mean, good vibes all the way. Um, But yeah, you know, it's essentially you want to, I think what you're renting is our printer space, you know, um, machine time, but also, uh, you know, I'd say a little bit of our, um, our expertise in getting it to look real nice. Um, The example I was talking to you guys about before we, before we started was just a recent piece um, for uh, a uh, a guy who's a, a bit of a madman. Um, I think, he, I think he's, I think he's down in Southern California. Um, he's high ground terrain on Instagram, I think. Um, but he, you know, he, he had these sort of like, um, I think they were Dave's, they were uh, Kessel sort of pumps. And, you know, he sort of sent them to me and was like, Hey, do whatever you want, you know, do whatever you want with them. And I was like, okay, I'd set them up for the FDM machine. I was getting them ready to go. And I looked at his Instagram and he, he's actually doing a lot with like strip lighting and, and he seems to sort of really have a, a strong appreciation for kind of the additional realness and aesthetic that, you know, light and light color can bring to a table. That really vibed with me. I mean, I, I grew up you know, with some, you know, model train stuff and um, I really liked that. So I said, Hey, what about if we take these models, we do the pumps themselves in like a, like a sort of a toxic translucent green resin that if you light from the inside will look like they're full of, you know, some horrible solvent they're using on Kessel. (laughs) And then you can paint the outside, you can paint areas of the outside so that only the tanks can glow. And then they, uh, uh, they also had this fantastic, one of them had this fantastic long hose. Um, It was probably 10 inches long, maybe, and it had these sort of big S bends in it. And then it like it swept up vertically to connect to the, the top level of one of these pumps no way you, I mean, you could have done it on resin, but it would have been a, a, just a pain in the butt and it would have taken five separate pieces and, you know, all kinds of stuff. So, um, I, I, I adjusted the model slice so that I, I could slice that off because it was meant, uh, it was meant to be printed as one big piece. I sliced it off. I made an interlocking piece on both models so that once the two sides were printed, they could just press together and they would stay. I mean, you could glue them, but they would stay. And then I printed the hose on the FDM machine because the mechanical properties of the, the materials we use would work way better for a hose because that would have been very brittle in resin. And then the main pumps were resin. So they had like crazy good detail. I'm super excited for when he finishes hobbying those up. Cause I think they're going to look really neat with, uh, with the lights inside them.
1: Dude, that sounds yeah. awesome. Yeah.
5: Yeah. But yeah, bringing that together and saying like, okay, that's where, that's where I've been really astounded by how much sort of learning about materials properties, um, you know, are, is, is a part of 3d printing and designing, like how is this going to work when you finally get the thing in your hands and have it sort of, you know, when it's, when it's squeezed out of plastic, basically.
2: Nice. So you talked about uh, prepping your mo- or prepping the models for print. Uh, we talked a little bit about slicing last episode and the mm-hmm. principles are pretty much the same on FDM for resin. Uh, yeah, but what, yeah. what, what slicing software do you guys use? Cause I, I use Cura at home myself.
5: Yeah. Uh, so I use, um, uh, So Prusa has a flavor of slicer that they use. Um, Again, it's, it's open source, but they, what they do is um, in addition to making uh, almost everything orange, which is their, um, their corporate color, they also Uh. load load in materials profiles. They, um, and so I use that for slicing FDM. Um, It's, you know, it's got the same set of, again, it's kind of like Coke or Pepsi in the sense that it's more or less the same. It kind of drinks the same the exact way you do things is Wait, a hold on, wait, yeah. hold
1: on. <laughs> what? You've been sniffing those resin no, fumes. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, neither,
5: neither, neither of you guys are, are from Atlanta, right? You're allowed to say Coke and Pepsi are the same literally everywhere else in the country. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so it's... Anyway. So, yeah, so we, we use, we use Prusa Slicer. I use Prusa Slicer. But I will say um, probably half the time I'm taking a model into Fusion. I'm taking an STL into Fusion. I'm editing and re exporting it to try and sort of make something a little bit better or tighter um, or more printable. Um, and as you, as you, if you get into 3d printing, you'll understand what a model that looks printable and a model that doesn't look printable, uh, uh looks
2: like, um, yeah, we, we brought that up a little bit yeah. last episode. Yeah, You guys or, covered
4: uh, that last time with the video
2: game, yeah, game models. With <laughs> exactly. the, yeah. People who just dump battlefront yeah, or yeah, yeah, not a good idea. <laughs> yeah.
5: Then I'll, I'll dump it back out of fusion and slice it up and, and then, um, the nice thing is if you don't do any modeling at all, the slicing programs also often have a lot of um, kind of tools for like cutting a model in half uh, or, or doing some very basic editing to, to the model so that, um, so that you can kind of get what you want out of it. The, I'd say the big difference in slicing between resin and FDM is you just have to conceive of how it's going to be built. The resin machines in general um, are, I mean, I, actually I don't know of any that aren't like this, uh, the, the build plate, the thing that the surface uh, sort of dips down into the resin and then lifts up. And you so you're building a model that essentially will be like hanging from the ceiling of the machine uh, as it's building. And so you have to think about uh, like tensional forces and if you can support it in a hanging sense. And then it's exactly the opposite with an FDM machine. You're laying things down flat. And so you have to support sort of Bulbous things from underneath, as opposed to um, how you do them in resin. So it's it's just a sort of the so exact a, a, same hobby, but flipping it on th- on its head.
1: A, a stalactite versus a yes. stalagmite <laughs> kind of thing. Okay. Precisely <laughs> it. You can make keep similar shapes. Man. Yeah, <laughs> you can make
5: yeah, exactly.
4: I think like SAT words uh... for the common man. What, yeah. What, yeah. <laughs> and, one uh, other note on the uh, on the community aspect i think a great example of like the community and pushing ourselves uh is what the work we do with you guys uh coming up with the for the quarterly reward turn counter
1: man you're jumping oh, right yeah. ahead to no, the next yes. segment <laughs> that's fantastic yeah so oh, hey, wait yeah that's right we did we contacted you guys yeah. and uh actually if you could walk us through the pro uh the process so i sent you a picture of something that i had and i was like hey can you guys do this and at a price we could afford to you know not break <laughs> oh. our patreon bank to send that's, out al- the reward. that's
5: always the way isn't it um <laughs> yeah i will say i was a little testy with keegan about this one because not not because it was <laughs> really not not because of the constraints i mean it, uh, a, a good engineer enjoys constraints um Uh, but then it it was, it was coming in literally like, uh, I think like a week after, um, we had brought a new kid home. And so I was like, I was like, I was like, like, Oh, I was like, Oh God, this is like, it's multi-material and, and it it just physically doesn't exist. Like we have to, we have to bring, we have to conjure this thing into existence. And you know, it was that, and I was a little nervous about my modeling skills, you know, all the kinds of, all the kinds of anxiety. Um, No, but we, so once I'd gone through the stages of grief, I sat down and was like, okay, Um, you know, as it turns out, if you have a a new baby in the house, you spend a lot of time in the middle of the night waiting to feed them. Um, And so I just happened to spend that time sitting in fusion, uh, messing with, messing with models of, uh, of stuff for you guys. I would say, Hey, well, you're welcome then. Yeah. I appreciate it. (laughs) It, it. No, it was great. Um, we, uh, so you guys had an idea. Um, I think Keegan and I had actually sort of talked about something like this as a, a way. I think one of the things we really like to do is take something, uh, in the game that is ubiquitous and that is kind of, everyone uses the default version of, and just come up yeah. with a way to elevate it a little bit. In this case, um, it,
1: it, I realized I didn't say this is the, uh, turn counter, yeah. uh, round counter, the round uh, counter I guys yeah. are working on. Right.
5: Yeah. So we, um, you know, it's, you know, everybody uses the same one, just kind of like the, the mines, like everybody just uses those little quarter pieces of cardboard. Um, we, uh, so, you know, we kind of took the idea, um, I brought it into fusion and I kind of made a basic shape. Um, I, I, you know, kind of want to, and I tried to sort of add a little bit of our signature to it. Um, you know, it's, it's got a recessed bottom. Um, it has kind of a, It has kind of a a signature chamfer for us around the outside edge so it's got a little bit of a i think an angle that makes it kind of feel nice in the hand and then we went through a couple of different versions again the nice thing about the 3d printer is it it was conceived of i think as a as a prototyping machine so i will i have a stack of them in my garage i'd love to send you guys a picture of i think probably 10 or 12 alts that we that not only were designed (laughs) but, but but printed um, and again, it's a combination of not just trying to get it to be the right size and feel right, but also work and have the right thicknesses. And, you know, sometimes you just can't tell if, if you know, if, if 30 millimeters or 36 millimeters are, are, you know, is that the right diameter for this thing, you know? So hmm. you just got to print it and hold it. Um, and with the, with the FDM printer, you can't. And so why wouldn't you? So we did that, you know, we had a version that had like a, this nice knob on top that I really liked. It was knurled and all this <laughs> no. other the He was like, no, come on, man. I was like, it, it, it did feel a little game of life to me, but it also it was, <laughs> it was, Were you it was there so nice. It? Yeah. So if you, if, if somebody out there buys something from us in the future and it has a nice knurled knob on top, you'll know where that came from. Um, <laughs> nice. But yeah, so then ultimately what we did is we, um, we, uh, we have a machine in our shop. Uh, uh, that's, um, it's called a canvas, uh, it's made by a company called mosaic and it's called, a. and excuse me, it's called the pallet. Uh, it's called a pallet 2s, is what we have, but it's the machine is a pallet. Essentially what it does is it, um, it takes up to four different, uh, strands of 3d printing filament. That's the plastic that, that goes into the, the, the squeezy hot end. And, <laughs> um, and it will. Uh, according to pre-programmed lengths and p- print positions, will cut it up and merge it so that it is one long piece of filament that has many colors in it. Sort of like if you were um, if you were going to knit a picture into something, and instead of switching yarns, you had one piece of yarn that was the right color at exactly the right place. Um, that's precisely what it's doing, but in three dimensions. So uh, we did. We used that um, plus. Uh, we actually took, um, that machine is actually very cool. It costs about as much as a 3d printer on its own. So I would say, make that your, your second Christmas, uh, uh, <laughs> gift after, after, a a, after yeah. convincing your significant other, the 3d printer is a good idea. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, they, it, that machine comes with some, some really good basic ways to kind of, they use kind of a, a painting, um, Uh, sort of metaphor for how you can use it to color things. And they have some web software that that lets you do that. Or you can do what we did for your piece, which is we actually, every single color on your piece is a separate modeled body because then you can color those bodies uh, sort of contiguously and say this entire red area is just red versus, hey, like kind of this general vicinity is red, you know, software you figure out if it should be one millimeter thick or three millimeters thick or whatever. We wanted we wanted sort of that uniformity and that kind of finished look a little bit more and so um all the colors on all the colors on your turn counter are, are separately modeled bodies so you're actually you're not holding a turn counter there you're holding about 40 separate bodies that have been printed together um uh and then not to mention that the top cap and the and the bottom nut um which which hold the thing together so
2: Yeah. No, when I first got them, I thought you had a a dual or or triple extruder because I'm like, how the heck did they get three (laughs) colors into one model?
5: Yeah, we can, you can, you can do, you can, we, um, we routinely do, uh, do, it's four color printing. I actually, I really like it too, because it, um, it does add a step. um, But if you, if you cross the bridge and you can do even a little bit of modeling, it's not terrible. And uh, it also makes it uh, possible for me to like, make toys that look more like toys for my daughter um you know like nice. hey this has four colors in it that's a normal thing this airplane looks uh, like an airplane that's how that you, for not, children not that's how you mom.
2: convince that's, the wife yeah, exactly. to put the money towards you this. Can yeah. you <laughs> these
5: things right we'll save money yeah. yeah toys for children and toys for adults
2: exactly
1: well guys the the round counters turned out fantastic and i absolutely love them i can't wait we're going to be sending them out i think we're going to start sending them out this week so uh this is uh well your last chance if you want to get on the patreon get one of these round counters uh they'll be coming out here real soon but gentlemen man uh this has been fantastic thank you so much for taking the time to sit down and talk to us about this stuff uh kiki you want to hit us with your socials where can people find six up
4: yeah, we're uh, well. Of course, sixupsupply.com uh is our storefront, uh, and I think we're coming on Etsy too now. Is that? Drake? Yeah, oh, yeah. I, yep, I, I got
5: we're... I got some stuff to do, but yeah, we'll uh, <laughs> we're, 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 we're gonna have. A, up imagine, a matching Etsy store. Just just search yeah. Six Up on Etsy, and and we'll start to come up. And then um, same deal on Instagram. That's kind of where we're active on socials. I'd say. Yeah. Um, you know, totally we build fun. physical stuff. We like to share pictures of it. We also uh, love sharing pictures of uh you know people who are using our stuff to uh, to make neat things and um yeah i'd say if i could, if i could leave all the hobbyists out there with one piece of advice i would say um your 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 the beginning of your 3d printing fdm journey is going to be fraught and frustrating and you're never going to know precisely what about your machine you have screwed up uh so to the I can the yeah to the to the <laughs> degree that you can um I would say pay like somebody
1: else to do it. Got it.
5: Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, no, know. you got, oh God, you know, we're, we're going to get better at this faster than you will. So we're still going to have something to, to sell you, but
3: uh, oh. go, out, go
5: out and go out and do fun stuff. I would say spend, spend a little bit more money and, and get nice extrudable, get nice extrudable materials, buy nicer filament. Don't cheap out on your filament. Um, okay. I think, I think half the time you have a print that fails It'll be because you did something wrong, but if you add another half of the time because you you don't know if your cheap filament is causing you problems, you will rage quit the hobby. Um, and I will say one of the I think I think uh, Prusa manufactures their own filament in house. Um, we use it a lot, not exclusively, but we use it a lot. Um, we use we use PETG for most of our models. It's a little more expensive, but I find it fails a lot less. Um, and so ultimately, net, it's less expensive, which is how you can justify spending the money on, on nicer materials. But, um, yeah, if, if you're having to diagnose your, your, uh, I don't know what, what, what rating this podcast is, but if you're having to diagnose your filament, uh, (laughs) it's going to, it's going to madden you. So just buy some decent stuff and then, you know, that'll be settled because there'll be plenty of other variables for you to obsess over.
4: Awesome, and and for anyone who's uh, like me, instead and doesn't have the patience for all that hobbyist stuff, we are happy to work with yeah. you, to f- figure out what uh, uh, what what kind of terrain you want, or even build some great fully fully hobbyed up uh, pieces for you as well.
5: For sure, bring a vision, bring models, don't bring models, whatever you want, um, and we are delighted to uh, uh, to talk with you about what. Uh, you know, what, what you want the table to look like at the end. I love it when people tell me this is the vision I have Yeah. and how, like what, how can you make this, uh, easier for me to achieve? Um, and that's, that's what we do. You know,
3: we'll, we'll talk
5: to you. We'll, we'll share pictures. We'll get pictures. We'll, we'll work through it. And, um, you know, hopefully we'll find something that, uh, that you're just going to be super stoked to have on your table. I bet.
1: Well, guys, thanks again for everything, but uh, a lot of information to digest there. Thank you again. We will see you next time, Outriders.
0: This concludes the current episode of the Legion Outriders podcast. You may cultivate a tactical advantage by observing the Outriders on Facebook or Twitter at Legion Outriders. Wisdom advocates subscribing TV podcast. Acting otherwise is reckless.